0: Well, I hope you adults all listened to the story. It's one that we've all read and heard many times before, probably. And it's one that came around again, and I'll be honest with you, it's one of my favorite Bible stories for a lot of reasons, because there are many, many lessons in this uh, passage of Scripture that we read this morning about blind Bartimaeus. A lot of different angles, a lot of different things to be learned, a lot of things that apply can't apply to our lives if we allow them to but today i'm just going to focus on one i've titled my sermon squeaky wheels and you'll see why in a few minutes now that we are deep into fall it's that time for that annual battle to begin again after the leaves fall from the trees and everything dies off and there's not much for them to eat we Think about our little feathered friends, the birds. My last uh, several residences, I've always kept bird feeders. But not by coincidence, I haven't had dogs either at those th- when I lived in those places. Um, now that we have the dogs, we've learned that it's probably not a good idea to put a bird feeder outside the window because the dogs don't know how to be quiet when the birds are out there. So, so we're not doing that. But it's always been something that I have enjoyed. Watching the birds eat in the wintertime, uh, providing them with a little bit of bird seed, and watching them enjoy it and play together in the snow and all that sort of thing. And along with that, there comes a challenge. I've, I always called it the war with the squirrels. Because those darn squirrels want that bird seed, don't they? And they'll do anything to get it. Some people feed both. Um, I got to a point where I sort of gave up and just kept filling the bird feeder more often and let the squirrels eat it. But we did have a a squirrel uh, feeder, put a a, a cob of corn out there for them. So that sort of helped a little bit. But I spent a lot of time and some money trying to figure out one winter how to defeat those squirrels. And I tried different kind, different ideas that people gave me at work, and nothing worked. Those squirrels are, are are pretty crafty; they really are. And I don't know if you've seen any of the videos of these little critters getting into bird feeders, but they're really good at it. Sometimes it's pretty funny to watch them because they're very athletic and they're very smart uh, when it comes to. F- finding that food and getting to it when they know it's there. And they'll do anything to beat all those devices that you put up to try to keep them out. And they have, I think they have really good problem-solving skills, man. They can figure out how to get to that food no matter what you do. They also have... Really good physical dexterity they can do some get into some positions and do some things that i, I, I it 's just amazing to watch them. They figure out how to climb around baffles when you put them up they they ride on whirly gigs to get to the to get to the feed. Uh, these are some of the uh, videos that I watched online. I saw them uh, leap j- jump really unbelievable distances to to grab onto the uh, bird feeder and get what they want and get that food, um, they just seem to, you know, they, they'll hang from their toes to to reach and to empty out a bird feeder, whatever it takes. And I remember one squirrel proof feeder that my neighbor had that took the little squirrels about 15 minutes to figure out. You know. He put this thing out and it had a, the feeding tray had a heavy cover on it and the theory was that if anything heavier than a little bird stepped on it, it would it, it would drop down, so they wouldn't be able to get to the food. Well, the squirrel said, "Okay, we'll go from the other direction." And they just climbed across the branch above it, and I watched these little critters hanging upside down like bats, reaching into the into the uh, feeder and filling their cheeks, you know, and walking away. And I laughed. And I thought, foiled again. But just as uh, you, you know. There was one that fell, and I think the only reason he fell is because he put too much food in his cheeks and he got too heavy, so he fell. But it's, it's just amazing. Squirrels have found that persistence pays off. If at first you don't succeed, you just try again and keep working at it. Keep trying new ways to beat it. Keep your minds and mind and your body and your muscles focused on the prize. There's bird seed in there, and I want some of that. And eventually, they figure out a way to do it. In this week's gospel text, blind Bartimaeus, he's kind of like one of those pesky squirrels. Hearing what Jesus of Nazareth has said, hearing the things that Jesus of Nazareth has done, he hears that he's coming this way he begins hollering out into the dark that's all he can see because he's blind jesus son of david have mercy on me but as we just talked about with the kids the crowd tells him shush be quiet jesus is offering us some spiritual advice i need you to be quiet it sort of reminds me of kids in church some, some people's attitude toward kids in church. Boy, don't they make that, why don't they make that child behave? Well, because it's a child. And that is the way children behave. And we're okay with that. But anyway, that's a whole other sermon. He, the crowd tells him to be quiet. But the people that Jesus has just fed seem to think, that these gifts that, are, that were just given to them, these spiritual truths that were just given to them, are only for special people. They're only for, a few, for those few chosen ones, and certainly not for castoffs of society like a blind beggar sitting in the dust by the roadside. But Bartimaeus will not be silenced. He refuses to listen to the no that the crowd throws at him he refuses to admit defeat and so instead of slinking back to his place in the dust by the roadside he believes with all his heart that this Jesus is his one chance to get what he needs most what does he want he wants to be restored he wants to see again with his eyesight returned he knew that he'd no longer have to beg for food and for money in order to survive Things were quite different back then. If you were blind or if you were handicapped, you were considered to be nothing but a, a, a dredge on society. You, just, you, you were sucking, trying to t- t- suck the resources out of the people who worked for a living, and it, you, were, you were useless. You, were, there was no, you could not be useful. But if he, got, if he got his eyesight back, he could make his own way again. He could make his own living, and nothing, no barriers, no social crowd, no, no rules of etiquette were going to stand in his way. He ignored the crowd, and he hollered for Jesus, even louder. Bartimaeus' persistence, as we all know, paid off. Like a squeaky wheel, he needed to be heard. And so the sound of the blind man's voice carried over the crowd and it reached Jesus' ears. This single voice, repeatedly crying out for Jesus' mercy, brought the entire journey to Jerusalem, the status symbol of being on the way to a dead stop. Jesus took the entire entourage offline and he came to a standstill in order to respond to that blind man's repeated request for his mercy, for his attention. And once he was given the chance, Bartimaeus didn't hesitate to do what he needs to do to get to where he needs, thinks he needs to be, to get him what he wants the most. And finally, he's invited to approach Jesus. He throws aside his cloak The only thing he has left, his last bit of respectability, to reach Jesus' side more quickly. And he instantly responds to Jesus' question. What do you want me to do for you? But with the respect and the reverence that he feels for the one who stands in front of him, he says, My Rabbinai, my teacher, my rabbi, let me see again Jesus declares him healed why did he do that Jesus said because your faith has made you whole your faith has made you well but it's also true I think this is just my opinion Jesus probably healed him because he wouldn't shut up He wouldn't give up. He wouldn't go away. He wouldn't listen to that crowd. You ever do that for somebody, just to shut him up? I have. Bartimaeus' faith lived not only in his heart, but it was spoken out loud in his insistent, his persistent voice, his never giving up. Next Sunday, October 31st we will observe all saints day it's a day that we set aside to remember to look back at the long and to think about the long list not only of those who have passed during this past year but the long long list of saints who have lived generation after generation christians who established this church and then carried on the work for so long. We usually think of saints as people who live exceptionally virtuous, pure lives, or they've done something special, or they sacrificed their livelihood, or maybe they even sacrificed their lives in the name of Christ. Well, some saints do fit that description. But I think Even though some have the extraordinary gifts of healing and insight and deep holiness or great intellect, there's one saintly quality that we often forget about and we almost never talk about. And that is, they're persistent. Look back over the life histories of any saint, and you will find that they were not people who gave up easily. They were not people who took no for an answer. If they weren't bugging some institution or some individual, they were bugging God with their questions, with their requests, with their petitions, with their anger, with their frustration, with their tears, with their joys, with their sorrows. But they never stopped asking God for attention, for answers, and sometimes for miracles. Saints are squeaky wheels demanding the world's attention, demanding God's attention. Abraham kept arguing with God and whittling God down about the number of righteous men who were needed to save a city. Jacob kept wrestling with the angel until daybreak, the scriptures tell us, and refused to let go or to let up. Moses annoyed God for 40 days and 40 nights, pleading with him, When God was ready to destroy the nation of Israel, the people of Israel, Paul prayed the same prayer that Moses did in Romans chapter nine, over and over again. The psalmist, it says, cried to the Lord day and night, and he wouldn't stop praying. The term saint in the Protestant tradition has two layers of meaning. The first is that we still recognize that there are unique individuals who were touched by God in a special way, in such a way that their own touch burned with heavenly divine heat that lasted well beyond their years. In the work and in the mission of these believers, miracles happened, healings happened, things happened that science, physics, chemistry, biology could not explain and cannot to this day explain. But the term saint also applies to that great cloud of believers, millions who have served quietly and faithfully in churches like this, in the foxholes throughout the years. It's the rich and beautiful mix of these saints, those who were everybody knows about and who everyone can tell you what their miracles were, that they performed, or a wondrous thing that was given to them. And those who only the people of this church remember. What a beautiful mix. Those people, the ones who came before us, the ones who came here to this country in 1852 and said, you know what? We're going to worship the way we want to worship, the way God we feel is leading us to worship. And so they established this church. To those circuit riders, those saints who rode from church to church on a horse and took turns. All the sacrifice that took place to build the original building and to get things rolling here in Peru. That's the rich soil that continues to grow today and thrive today. It was because of them and their faithfulness that we sit here and stand here today. And in all this amazing richness, these generations of strong, loyal, reliable, hardworking people, when we look, it's a German church, so we see stubbornness, don't we? We see persistence. We see general pain in the neck sometimes. We won't go away tenacity. And that is exactly what has helped make it possible to be where we are today. And for God and for Jesus to be present and for the Holy Spirit to beat down what looked like obstacles that couldn't be defeated. Slavery is an institution as old as human beings, but the persistence of those saints called abolitionists who said, no, this is not right, are the way that it ended in this country. Sexism was an excuse for disregarding half the population of this country, but the persistence of those saints who were called suffragettes and women liberers gave voice and vote. American women, it feels like we're up against a wall today, doesn't it? I meet with pastors at at least every other day, sometimes every day of the week, and we talk about the church and how it's going to survive. Will it survive? We really feel like we're up against a wall. Our people, some of whom have been missing They went MIA when COVID came around. Are they going to come back? Young people, young families, why don't they come? Well, I'll tell you why they don't come. Because we're doing it wrong. We're doing it the right way for the 1960s. And so what we have, the wall that we are backed up against... And what we face is that we have to accept the fact that the church as we knew it before the pandemic will not survive. There has to be change. It'll have to be different. And that's okay. Change is all right. Contemporary music is really okay to listen to. It's even all right to play in church service. Let's do some things that attract younger people. Let's do things different. What should we do? Well, if I had a list of answers, I would not only, we would not only have this place full of people, but I'd see to it that lots of other churches would too. But we're seeking God's direction. We're seeking God's will. What does the future of Zion look like? I don't know but we're going to find out together. Jesus' story in Luke about the friend asking for bread ends in the following way. Now listen to these words. This is Jesus speaking, and I'll conclude. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be open. One translation puts it like this keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. Don't let up in your prayers, not only for this church but for the church worldwide. Folks, let's be the squeaky wheel. Amen.